Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to when they were young. Our guest today is a sound engineer and producer who's worked with the likes of Villagers, John Grant, Lisa Hannigan, Kathy Davey, and also my old band's EP back in 2008, <laughs> most importantly of Go all. Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> Burr Quinn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having it me. Is, I haven't seen you in so long. It's just so great to talk to you and be in the same room as you again. Yeah, where absolutely. I'm in charge this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I was actually secret judge in Battle of the Bands in in 2000. Were you? Yeah. Where we came second. Oh. Interesting. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> well, I started this podcast poorly. <laughs> so we're not, we're actually not going to talk about music, although we probably will at some point. Oh, we will. We're going to talk about Aladdin instead. Yes, Aladdin. So tell me why you picked Aladdin. Uh, so when I was um, eight years old, probably. Yeah, I was eight years old. Um, it was the first VHS cassette that I kind of properly devoured mm-hmm. in, 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 in the Quinn household. Um, I don't know why we why it was bought. Or I don't know, maybe because I didn't see it in the cinema. I, I remember seeing, um, I saw The Little Mermaid at like summer camp and I saw The Lion King in the cinema. I don't remember the first time I saw Aladdin. I just remember there being a VHS cassette in the house. It was yeah. always there. And I watched yeah. that. I watched that tape every single day. Every day for a solid year. And funny, like in the run up to doing this, I started, uh, I watched it again. And I know I watched it a few times since. Um, but every word, I knew every single word, mm. every cadence, like the every single bit of like the weird way that Jafar talks, the, the everything about it. Like I just remember everything. There's only a few other movies that I can think of that are like that, like. Anchorman being one of them, <laughs> which, to my shame, uh, back in like you know the post a different years. phase of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It was the first time anyone laughed. I, I believe <laughs> it was Anchorman. I feel like Anchorman hit everybody exactly at their time at their, this particular point in their lives. I have never seen it, and I know all the right things to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to a party where in Cork when I was living in Cork, and, and uh, it was me and and uh, another Cork musician. And Anchorman was on, and, and we were the most obnoxious little shits because it was like trying to outdo each other with "I know this line, well I know that line." It was like, oh, what has my life become? It was the first meme. Uh, yeah, it was meme. It was meme by like telekinesis or something. You know, we couldn't share it, so we just said it at each other, whether we had seen the original text or not. <laughs> but uh, for me, Aladdin really. Um, I think when you when you're that age, you absorb everything, and, mm. and it becomes part of your personality. Like. The, the humor of like friends kind of seeped into our generation mm. and um likewise for me with Aladdin the music the 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 interactions the even the typecasting all that kind of stuff uh seeped in and um I just absolutely loved that and then years later uh, my now wife and I on our first date ended up watching Aladdin <gasps> just completely randomly yeah. so um uh, we yeah we went for a pint and then we were, we were hanging out and um, we're just like let's put on a movie and we put on Aladdin and, mm. I, and I probably did the obnoxious thing then as well and she still <laughs> married me yeah. <laughs> I, like, I know this I know that. <laughs> actually she told me recently that um, uh, I started singing along to Prince Ali I think it was it's one of the songs mm. I started singing along to she was like this dude's a keeper yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah I, and I'm I, I'm kind of fascinated with the process of how it was made because it was it was apparently it was a very very difficult movie to make. It seemed like there was a lot of different phases and rewrites and yeah, complications. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Jeffrey Katzenberger, he was the mm. he was the studio chief at the time, and he came in. The movie came out at the end of ninety uh, two, and in like April ninety one, he came in when the, when they had done all the storyboarding, they started um, recording all the the voiceovers and everything. And he came in, he said, he was like, I hate it, I hate this, I hate that, I hate that, lose this, lose this, lose this. Um, and I, I've been involved in, in certain things where <laughs> we're halfway through. It's like we need to change this completely. And, mm. and you know, so I'm fascinated with that aspect of it. And um, Robin Williams as well. Just what a dude. And the first the first time Disney had like used a, a, a famous actor to to. To, to sell but also to like to they, no, they and, and that's all they do now but that was a real yeah, outlier was, like absolutely none of us knew anybody who was in Little Mermaid you yeah. know or yeah, yeah. The Lion King really like there was familiar voices because they had a stable of voice actors yeah. but no celeb and yeah. Robin Williams stands out a mile because he's Robin Williams but because it wasn't him doing a character it was just Robin him, Williams yeah. like when they when they pitched they when they pitched the character to him they actually animated one of his old comedy sketches it was a comedy sketch about schizophrenia. And if you look at it, this it's just like a, a really rough animation, but uh, uh, it's exactly as the genie looks now in the movie. 
and um, they just took one of his his bits and and it's uh, a bit about schizophrenia and, and he's he's like I want to talk about schizophrenia and then another head another genie head pops up and goes no he doesn't and apparently that was what won it for him he was like okay I get I get the character mm. yeah. the character is me yeah. <laughs> I get me yeah, but he really yeah. tried to minimize him, his like interaction or his association with it yeah. because he his fee at the time was eight million but he did it for a scale for seventy five thousand yeah. on the condition that they. He put like like they wouldn't use his name in the promotional materials. His voice, as, as, it was voice, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and they had to like not have Genie more than twenty five percent in the poster and stuff. And yeah. that did not. They know Disney completely <laughs> fucked him over. They completely ignored that, and they had to. They ended up like apolo- sending him a Picasso to apologize. They sent him a Picasso, that which is... he hated. Yeah, he did, sent it go to his house. <laughs> and it was, yeah. this was after Katzenberger left as well. It was the next yeah. the next studio chief sent him sent him. Uh, uh, a Picasso and he was like this doesn't go with anything in my house <laughs> <laughs> it was a Picasso uh, it was Vincent Van it was like Picasso painting of Vincent Van Gogh or something like yeah, that yeah I think it was something like that yeah that so, fucking bananas it was yeah. worth a million it was like sorry we, sorry sorry we made 500 million on merchandise here's a million of it <laughs> <laughs> he should have got that uh, Jack Nicholson Joker deal yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what was that one uh, Jack, Mix- Jack Nicholson got uh, 1% of gross and merch for the Batman film that he did. Holy shit. Yeah. Have you Very ever heard um, uh, Alec Guinness talking about the Star Wars merch deal that he got? No. So he got one point. They, they, when he did the movie, he did it pretty, for pretty cheap as well. Mm. But And he hated it. He hated doing that movie. He hated everything about it, all three of them. And uh, they offered him 1.5 gross, 1.5% gross of the entire, uh, you know, the whole shebang. And he he agreed to do it, and uh, and it was a massive success. And six months later, the the head of uh, it might have been George Lucas himself actually mm. it rang him and was like, "So about that one point two five percent?" He was like, I'm "Pretty sure it was one point five, but they never they never wrote it down." So yeah, he, yeah. Ended, he ended up like getting one point two five percent. Now that's still that's a, a big point two five yeah. though. But, but that's a yeah, huge point two five. That is yeah. Oh my god! Uh, do you know what? He hated it. Like does yeah. he does he yeah. does he deserve well? I suppose if, if you if you agree to something yeah yeah. yeah. I would. I wouldn't feel too much sympathy for Alec Guinness, though. No, he. That's yeah, genuine class. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite uh, Simpsons jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where uh, Simpsons rival, or Lisa's rival, where she uh, she goes to meet um, uh, the father, and he's like, uh, "Do you want to do anagrams? We take uh, the names of famous actors and we turn them into uh, into descriptions of them. Uh, try this, Alec Guinness." And her friend goes, "Genuine class, very good." Now, Lisa, Jeremy Irons. She goes. Jeremy's iron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so back to Aladdin. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, what I realised, I only watched it this morning for the first time in probably a long time, but I also had the VHS and the game, which we'll get to as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of CG in it, more than I thought. Yes. Because the Lion King, like Beauty and the Beast had that one scene in the ballroom and yep. the Lion King in 94 had just a stampede. Yeah. But Aladdin has loads of it sprinkled throughout and like yeah and, and actually that was what got me into the CG as well oh really yeah, yeah. big time and I'm, I'm still like a CG obsessive I love mm. like I love it when it's done well and it's done really well then that like that year 92 would have been um, Aladdin and Jurassic Park was kind of early 93 it was mm. developed in 92 and th- those were two uh, artistically relevant kind of iterations of CG like in that it was done really well it fit with the rest of what was going on mm. um and they kind of they used their they used the the shortcomings of the technology. They were aware of them. Yeah. Uh, the people that created it, the director and everything, were aware of the shortcomings, and they they kind of lent into that. Whereas if you go later on in the nineties, it was just like I want this. The director will say I want this, and and the poor CG artists are like we can't do that. That's not <laughs> possible. But it's amazing in, in in Aladdin. Like it starts the first first bit of CG is the, the tiger's head. The tiger's right? head. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> that guy, yeah. uh, same voice as uh, Abu. Yeah, Frank same Welker. Actor, yeah. He's also the voice of the that video that was going around of the doing the hyena voices in the Lion King, where the guy is shouting into a bin. Have you seen that video? No, no. that's Frank Welker. Yeah, he does basically any animal noise in Hollywood is Frank Welker. He's um, also Nibbler in Futurama. Oh yeah, 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 yeah same guy. That makes sense. And I think Gizmo possibly as well is him. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. that, that's done really well. And even the like the the way they tie like when the when the tiger's mouth opens. The, 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 yeah, the, the mm. two D elements of it get lit up in like in conjunction with it. It's like it's done really, really well. 
Yeah, there was a couple bits that are very obviously CGI, like when the the escape, the escape on the, very that's CGI. it's yeah. very CD romish. But <laughs> I think it's very like um, uh, the Lawnmower Man. It's kind of that, yeah, yeah. That, 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 or it's actually a bit like Nightmare, like a, a transitional scene in Nightmare when they're going from like yeah, one room to the other. Really yeah. bad green screen yeah. realness. But like. I didn't realize afterwards the magic carpet, the magic carpet's pattern is two D animated, but the actual pattern is yeah. is uh, digital. And oh. again, done yeah. really, really, really. It, well. That is done really well. Yeah. Um, I think there's a charm to it though I don't I'm the opposite ICG makes me um, I fall very steeply face first into Uncanny Valley the second I get a whiff of CG of any kind and uh, it has to be unnoticeable for me to even be able to deal with it but when you go back to films like Aladdin or even the the early the first times we saw it in set pieces there's something kitsch to it I think there's something very like, like likable and how obvious it is. Like we made this with a computer. Robocop, the Robocop with the stop motion. Yes. You know, that's yeah, yeah. Or Jay, it's Jason and, Ar- Jason and the Argonauts on the fucking beach. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like we made this with our with a different way. Look, you yeah. can't ignore it because it's new. Surprise. As opposed to like, I, I don't know. I think the last film that I found really tough watching it was the Harry Potter Fantastic Beasts one. And the, the first, first movie, one. yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening in front of my eyes now. I agree. I, this I, is I a lot. I saw that movie and I was so, I was just so removed from what was going just on. Busy, it's right? Really, really busy. That's and expensive and busy, yeah. right? That's just yeah. like, look at all that fucking money. But cool. look, but then look at like, like again, go uh, for me, like Jurassic Park mm. is like the see. Apart from this one scene where it's pretty obvious, which is the uh, the daylight scene where they see the brontosaurus. Uh, for the first time, and oh yeah, and, oh, yeah, and it's yeah. Over that's the, the first yeah, time yeah. where it's, that's the only time in that movie where it's like that's very clearly CG. But mm. like all the nighttime stuff is amazing, like mm. really, really good. And it's just it, that's what it is. It's 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 the kind of the director understanding what can be done and shaping the the experience around that rather than just demanding this needs to be done. I don't know. I think that the handmade, I think handmade assets are more valuable. Like I don't know, as emotional things to look at. I guess I've been watching The Dark Crystal recently, and I'm just like, look at all those good puppets. <laughs> yes, they're CGI, absolutely, but look at those puppets. Yeah. And uh, I I like that Aladdin is still. I guess there are some Disney films and some. Um, the, what's the other house that isn't Disney? I don't know why I'm saying that. DreamWorks. No, the other one, the re- the dude, the one dude. Don. Oh, Don Bluth. Yeah, yeah. like there are films those, from those times. They're, they're like beautiful. They're those be- and you can really see movies. the pencil movement, right? Like yeah. actually, Atlantis is that that one of the Disney movies where it's like that's not fucking finished. Yeah, that is not finished. <laughs> but cool, you know, that's yeah. great that that looks human and drawn, and I like that the set pieces in Aladdin are just like chunk 3d there you go we made this yeah. on a cd realm there you go <laughs> this is from the past like it's pleasant dating uh, you know yeah it is and and at the time it was the first time i'd seen anything like that That's so it was it, it was it was like kid, yeah. there there is there is like that that novelty element where it's like what is this mm. this is wild mm. like seeing things for the first time i think then that's that part of the pleasure of aladdin and that that era of of disney films is how huge and beautiful and unreal they felt you know yeah. like they were pieces of art like they were in conversation like i i'm really anti-remake and Likewise. like yeah, i watched especially the in particular yeah jesus mary and Joseph. all i've seen of it is that one clip of prince ali and it was enough he to go. had 75 it's so, golden yeah. so lifeless yeah. it's so lifeless yeah and, and the peacocks <laughs> and for me for the um uh, for my because my background is is in audio engineering uh, the dialogue in that movie is horrible sounding really? absolutely horrible sounding so mm. compressed and it's it's like uh, especially if you A-B them like the, the, the old cartoon and, and the remake the remake is just like it's like every single line of dialogue has no space around it it's just like the person is like this talking to you you know mm. it's, there's no there's no, no space there's no room and it's super compressed and it's it's done for kind of intelligibility on on youtube and whatever else you know for the clips but it, it, it again for me it takes that's that's what takes me out of of that and really bad dialogue dialogue replacement which oh yeah Oh my so God. sensitive to it when the ones where it's the back of someone's head and you can see their jaw yeah muscles moving out of time with the speech Ugh. every yeah, time the tv show that has the worst dialogue replacement wait we're gonna say that on, on three one oh. two Tree. America's Next Top Model. America's Next Top Model has terrible ADR. Yeah. yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and America's Next Top Model has like the and, and part of it is just because um, uh, oh, what's that lady's name? Tyra. Tyra, Tyra Banks. Yeah. Uh, that lady. That's nice isn't, lady. Isn't good at isn't good at like uh, picking up isn't like dropping in on 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 a line. Mm. So we like 
halfway through a sentence, the tone of her voice completely changes and the space around it completely changes. And also what she's like, how she's saying it completely changes. Like, you know, for me, it's that like my, my head just turns instantly. I'm like, oh, that, that's that's awful. Well, I, found, I found the good places editing absolutely horrendous and really hard to, to really, hard to look at. Mm. really hard to look oh, at. Oh, that's a shame. I'm also I good. Pla- I'm show. good place neutral. I think it's smoke. No, <laughs> I think it's really no. Good. How dare you? I watched the first so episode last smug. night of the the new season. Oh, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's out. There's a new. I will watch it. I do yeah. watch it, but it's also smoke. As we've been going on, I've been just edging closer to the edge of the chair, being like, I think I hate this. I think I no, hate this. I, I don't know what I it love is. It. Yeah, no, I've like no. my philosophy having the degree itch is scratched. <laughs> yeah, scratched yeah. by that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I enjoy being. I enjoy smart bullshit. Don't mm. get me wrong. I, I, it is speaking to me, but it's also like. I also like that it makes like Kristen Bell say, "Oh, I'm a moral particularist now." Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like, more Hollywood stars you know, yeah. taking firm stances on which part of existentialism they're part of. You know, it's good. Yeah. Her and Doc yeah. Shepard are great. Yeah, yeah. which is weird. It never expected to like Doc Shepard as a person. I never expected to like Kristen Bell. So. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 part of that is the you know when you um, the first time you happen upon an, a, an actor and the the role that they're in, you kind mm. of associate it. So for me, Disney, uh, um, Frozen. Uh, Cooper what's his name uh, Bradley Cooper oh. yeah. uh, the first time I saw him was in The Wedding Crashers oh yeah and he is detestable in that movie yeah. mm-hmm. and I find it really hard to to like have him believable as a genuine nice human being in yeah. anything since oh that. I find him so hard to take like as a sex symbol he just yeah. seems he's a what as a sex symbol is that what, is that what they're telling he, us he, he, was, he was voted sexiest man yeah. like by people's who sexiest man, uh, people share people clips he's, he speaks fluent French and people share clips I will be the arbiter of this <laughs> <laughs> I will personally decide if he's hot or not but no Kristen Bell for me watching her as a dirtbag is like oh but she's frozen lady and I can't right. unhear her singing voice okay. and her speaking voice actually when she talks I'm like oh you, I can hear it I can hear the fabric of her for me it's voice. forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah same yeah, yeah. oh I haven't seen that was the first time I was aware oh that's a great movie yeah yeah that's an unusually good movie yeah I didn't expect to like that at all and and Anything no, with, with a surprise pop musical is good by me. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah. I'm also responsible for uh, my honeymoon being in in part of my honeymoon being in Hawaii. Already, oh. yeah. Based that that movie is just an ad for Hawaii. Like it an really hour is. An, yeah. hour and a half long ad for. Um, it's one oh, of my blind spots. Okay, I've checked. I have a. I have investigated Bradley Cooper. He was in the film with Lady Gaga with the good song. Oh yeah, and yeah. Star is Born. Uh, he is. is he uh, kind of has its mouth. It catches <laughs> me. I think it catches me on certain days, and I'm like. I haven't seen the film. This is more just I haven't seen anything. What's the vibe with but, the people uh, believing that they were like a couple because they were acting? They're good at yeah. the, I, I, people. Want, people want to have hang hope on something. Uh, he's fi- he's fine. He has kind of generic Sean Penn face, I guess. Like he kind of looks mm-hmm. like there's a certain kind of actor that he looks like. Do you know what I mean? You know, that there's a billion Chris's. I feel like yeah. he, Bradley Cooper is part, is part of the a billion uh, Aragorns. Right, you know, he kind of has Aragorn face. So. He's like hockey prep Aragorn. Yeah, he's yeah. grand. I, I can just imagine. Looks I, like a dad. For him, I find it really easy to imagine what he's like when he's lost his temper. Oh my god! <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, can't see that now, can I? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he has that face. So will Adam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the songs because yes. the songs are, I think, my favorite Disney songs. I know I said that for Hercules, but it's actually Aladdin. Really? That was gone. I love the Aladdin songs. I've been I, singing them for weeks now since Bird said he was going to do Aladdin. Do you know what I love? I'm annoying my wife songs. so much. Yeah. I love all the other movies that they were in before they were in Aladdin. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. So Alan Menken, who uh, was the composer, and um, uh, half of the songs were written by Tim Rice and half the songs were written by... Howard Ashburn. Howard Ashburn, who, who died halfway through, died of, um, died of AIDS-related uh, illnesses. So they... Um, they originally wrote Little Shop of Horrors which again another staple of my youth mm. I'm going through a real big Little Shop of Horrors <laughs> period I, I just took a floristry training course oh wow so I'm like I'm going through a very serious Little Shop of Horrors period at the moment so that was their that was their first kind of big thing uh, actually really <gasps> quickly on that uh, I, I, my wife had never seen that movie and we watched it about six joy. months ago and I threw it on and um, I was after we were after a few drinks and we threw it on and, and um, uh, like I don't know if you know this, but the version of Little Shop of Horrors that's out there now has a completely different ending. Oh, really? <laughs> to no the version way. from when I was a kid. Um, I know. As in, like there was a there was a good ending and a bad, a bad ending. ending. Yeah, yeah. And the good ending was the one that was in the- theatrical releases. And then when they re-released it uh, on Blu-ray uh, like ten years ago, they they put as the main cut the bad release, which is completely different. So I was kind of watching this, kind of going. I don't remember this happening. <laughs> I watched this movie so many times and I don't remember the army being involved. No, no. That's, I'm going to have to go back. Like I've been listening but, to the soundtrack again, but I guess I can hear 
all those musicians in it. Oh, you know? well, Alan Menken, so Alan Menken and, and, and Howard Ashburn wrote wrote that together. That was their, um, they actually wrote the whole movie, I think. Or, or it was based on it it was was, based on a movie uh, in 1960. Yeah, it was Howard's idea. Yeah. yeah to, and to he wrote the it. book and he wrote the, yeah. he wrote the lyrics. Yeah. Um, but like somewhere that's green, that song mm. in in Audrey's uh, song in and her voice is amazing. That's just part of your world. Yeah, it's it the is. same song, same kind of chord runs, and the same like. And then, um, uh, her I, voice doesn't do the big deep thing in somewhere that's green. It's in suddenly Seymour when her voice kind yeah. of opens yeah. up. Yeah. Like, oh damn! Like that's amazing. That, she's that real soft. Amazing. She's soprano for all of somewhere that's green, and then she goes into <laughs> suddenly Seymour, and it's like, what the fuck, man? Where have you hiding that from? You know, yeah. it's so good. But the structures of those songs do kind of are really close. And the, and the, the melody and, and, and then yeah. um, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls from Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's, <gasps> that the start of that is the exact same as, as um, the opening song. Um, Skid Row? No, no, no. Sorry, no? the opening song of, of Aladdin. Um, Arabian Nights. Arabian yeah, Nights, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And then, uh, I just think I'll make him kind of reuses certain things and certain tropes. Like yeah. the, the um the Motown the three Motown singers there in Little Shop of Horrors are also in Hercules mm. like this I just he, he, I, I mean the man's won eight, eight Oscars yeah. I can't, I, I can't <laughs> really complain he's doing, yeah. and he's written some amazing but amazing stuff the music all came out at a time when we couldn't pull I guess I when I think about music from films like Hercules and, and Little Shop of Horrors and the, 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 those were all from my childhood my nan had loads of uh, vinyls of musicals but none of the Disney ones obviously right and it's from a time when we couldn't listen to things on repeat yeah. We're so closely to each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so we probably absolutely. would have gotten away with it. Yeah, yeah, oh, completely. And it's only it's only now when you can like queue yeah. them up on your on no. your machine and Oh, that's the same song. Yeah. You know, or you see these YouTube compilations of people going, Here are the five golden chords. Yeah. And here's mm. all of the songs that are sung and composed with these five golden chords. Surprise, all of these are the same fucking song. And you're yeah. like, I feel robbed, fuck. <laughs> but um But then I mean like that maybe that stuff isn't as important and and, and yeah. like as you know I'm I'm trying to get back into songwriting recently and uh, I'm trying to find kind of what it is that I want to put what what I want to make important when yeah. I'm when I'm writing songs like yeah. is it going to be I know when I was a teenager it was like I want weird chords and nothing else really matters yeah. <laughs> and then as you grow up you're like I want a like a banging chorus and you know it's just what what you find important is def- different each time and I guess those little things that he reuses he doesn't find that's not what's important like it's the story that's being told I guess yeah yeah basically everybody kind of has like their signatures though yeah you you know a John Williams score or a a Hans Zimmer or even like a Weezer chord progression you know because they have this weird drop Weezer chords do you know so like it's probably it's okay I think yeah. yeah. Oh no, totally. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm like, I'm not slagging him off. Jesus, yeah. he's, he's doing. I mean, I could just imagine him crying into his money. <laughs> <laughs> to his he's, Picasso, he's like. Do, yeah, he's doing all right. Mm. <laughs> but um, the music, the music is incredible, and the 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 lyrics are incredible. I I definitely prefer um, uh, Howard. Um, say his surname again. Uh, Ashman. Howard Ashman. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Mm. I, I I prefer his songs to to the Tim Rice songs. Okay, for sure. What's the split there? It's, uh, so it's Howard did four and Tim Rice did three. So yeah. seven songs in it. Yeah. Uh, so Howard Ashman did um, Arabian Nights. He did, uh, I think he did A Whole New World. He did Prince Ali, which I think is the best song on the, on, mm. on the whole thing. Uh, I don't know if he did Prince, Prince Ali, the reprise, because... Uh, no, I checked it. It's Tim Rice did the other one. And right, he did the so, other yeah, so, yeah, so, so Tim, Tim Rice, Rice would have done the reprise, yeah. which I think is hilarious. The The... the the lyrics in that are so bizarre. Uh, the, the the last line goes, uh, his assets frozen, the venue chosen, are the ends of the earth. Whoopee! <laughs> it's, like it's a very... Such unusual, like... I mean, they do that throughout the whole movie where mm. the, the, the language that Jafar uses is is so different to the other language. That everyone else talks in quite common parlance. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then, like, he just speaks in really kind of unusually floral language yeah but he's also he's coded as gay as well. oh no no yeah that's and that's all and he's he's scar he's, he's scar, scar and he's like, i mean yeah, yeah. like disney had a huge queer coding mm. problem and still do right Wreck- yeah. ralph still has like a bit of queer coding going on um but like the height of it was jafar like yeah. the height of it where's the dress has eyeliner speaks in this hugely yeah. florid like uh, weirdly um, received pronunciation like in a really different way to the timbre else. of his voice yeah, yeah. like it's a 
it's outstanding now, but at the time you're just like, that's what a bad guy looks like. I'm seven. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And that, that seeps into culture. That seeps Completely. into people's... So risky. Uh, yeah. And the same with Scar. Scar has like this long drawn out face compared to Simba, who's got like a, a wide... Bright golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, Suspiciously white looking. Urs- <laughs> Ursula. Ursula. Ursula's based on Divine. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's the, uh, uh, Hades... Hades was like, compare you know none none of the none of the nineties villains in Disney movies are, are strong. None of them are are like. Um, it's before they it was before the level of nuance kind of came into storytelling. I think it was just like this is what a bad guy looks like. We I, have made I, that I call. That, I think that's the case throughout like throughout the entirety of movie making. That movie like movies even the crap movies now have an element of. Um, intricacy that wasn't there in, in the classics in, in mm-hmm. apart from like the outliers like like Citizen Kane and stuff like that but but I, I think there's a there's a lot more sophistication to expected of storytelling nowadays that that you know you kind of with movies in the 80s and 70s you kind of go ah that was the 80s and 70s you know they didn't know what it, like they don't stand up to the same yeah level of scrutiny again they're viewed in different ways and audiences yeah. are less literate and they're also I guess people are trying to be more helpful to young viewers now I suppose there's a different set of responsibilities you know mm. I don't know maybe there is maybe there isn't but um, they definitely couldn't I think so much of uh, films like Aladdin and fucking like Hunchback of Notre Dame and there's lots of other films from Disney's past was like they literally couldn't do it today that, like, could remake that, it apparently. that being said Hunchback of Notre Dame and Aladdin both of elements that you wouldn't put into a kids movie today like mm. Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre Dame has probably the, the best song that Alan Menken has ever done is a song called Hellfire, and in my opinion, <laughs> a song called Hellfire and Hunchback of Notre Dame, which deals with some really, really adult themes. Mm. It's a it's a priest um, cursing a woman for making him feel lost, lustful Towards thoughts, yeah, yeah. and like, and it ends and it ends with like God have mercy on her soul, and it's like that's really dark. It's really, really dark. Uh, like you, I wouldn't see you know you wouldn't see that in 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 a movie nowadays. Like you wouldn't see that in, in Frozen. not entangled, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, which is another Menken one. Oh, was it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Couple of fucking bangers entangled now. I have yeah. to say, Mamano's best is a one. great one. Uh, the one with the the I can hear it in the back of my head when the kids I used to nanny used to put on all the time. And the name has gone out of my head. But putting the lanterns in the sky. The sad one. Oh, oh yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I can hear it. I can't say it. Yeah, a couple of sneaky bangers in in entangled. All right. Um, I do think, though, my call on the the gold of those old or Disney films, especially Aladdin and like The Little Mermaid, and um, is that there wasn't really any auto tune. The singers oh, yeah. were singing. Oh, hugely! Mm. That was another thing with the new Aladdin movie. Fuck is, that! Like, I can hear it in my horrifically auto tuned. It that's my hair goes on end. Like that's a big no no. And you me. know that, what? What blows my mind is like I get that some, some sometimes these big A list actors aren't particularly good singers. There's a if you put the work in you can make someone sound like they can sing without it sounding auto-tuned. Yeah. It, like, it, it really is, uh, when I listen to, especially listening to something like Glee where they were all actually trained singers and it was still auto-tuned, it was just done for speed because yeah. they had to bang out a, an episode mm. every week. Uh, like if you if you put the work in and, and use some kind of other, like auto-tunes kind of used as as the, the verb now, but there's much better software out there that, that, that can do more natural sounding. Um you can put the work in and make it still make it sound natural but it's just a time thing you actually have to go in and like Learn look a bit note by note rather than just hitting this button and it all just it's probably together. part of them getting celebrities in through the voices now where they can't let their ego do it whereas before when it was just uh, voice actors who were like, voice actors were just voice actors they, they, so like Aladdin singing voice and Jasmine singing voice aren't the actors it's uh, Aladdin is, isn't it? No, Aladdin isn't. Yeah, it looks right. Like, yeah, and Lee Slonga, the Jasmine yeah, as well. Yeah, who's she's in um, uh, Crazy Ass Girlfriend. Yeah, she's great in that. And yeah. she plays uh, she plays part of someone who's had this hit in the early nineties, yeah. which I think is very funny. Who's she in Crazy Ass Girlfriend? She's the aunt. She's Josh's aunt. She's in like the finale, season one finale, pretty much. Um, she's the one who keeps singing the same song over and over again at, <laughs> oh, at the parties. I really, really liked the first couple of seasons of that, and I don't remember. I whoa, agree. I didn't did retain yeah. any of it though. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> couple of major, but like again singing people who are actually fucking yeah. singing yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's it's fun to look at and fun to listen to when mm. you're like oh that's a person doing a thing with a talent that, that being said like uh, you know? on, on to your point about like bringing in the A-listers like Robin Williams's bits yeah. are great they're sung really well yeah like it's it's him it's very clearly him oh yeah it's totally him yeah yeah and and it's like full of personality and that was mm. like uh, when I'm recording people I 
I think a lot of producers will focus so much on like getting a note perfect or a lot mm. of singers as well they're like we it needs to be like the pitching needs to be perfect it's like no I want to get your personality coming through on yeah and and he comes through so well on his songs and he does his little voices and he you know plays mm. these different characters but he sounds like he's enjoying it yeah, yeah really and it doesn't sound processed it doesn't no. sound like put together at all it sounds supernatural uh, and maybe and it, it most likely was not the case it probably was heavily edited but a lot of work a lot of work mm. they a put lot of the cuts. work in and Oh yeah, for his like spoken parts, they would just give him the topic of the scene, let him improvise for however long, and then they would yeah. take the bits they wanted and cut that into the actual dialogue of the scene. That's bananas. Yeah, yeah. So it, they, it wasn't eligible for a screenplay Oscar because because well, he put a one so best editing Oscar. Yeah, and he got a special achievement Oscar personally. Robin Williams did. Oh no, Golden Globe. Sorry, special That's achievement right. Golden Globe. Yeah. Yeah, the whole, that is, which is really rare for a cartoon where they. That's really. I didn't know that at all. You see, you forget that things like that could happen. Do you know that like. It's not all so tightly controlled. Yeah, oh, improv is still really, really rare on animation. Like that's definitely, like, yeah, yeah, definitely really, really rare. But great that it did, and mm. maybe that's part of why it sparkles so brightly is because it was real. And and p- part vibes. of that, part of that as well. That that I think one of the reasons why I find the movie so charming is that because of the way that 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 Robin Williams worked, they had to do scenes where they had him and Aladdin's voice actor in doing it together mm. which again is not that common in, in animation where they'd have a, a lot of the time they just have the voice actor do their own bits and then in another studio they'd have another voice actor do their own bits mm. and in fact that's the way it was animated as well they had like one studio in California and one studio in Florida and uh, the all the characters were animated separately and they had to like fax each other the fax yikes mm. all come it together is, it's actually like not to it's not as like lush visually as the films either side of it like Lion King yeah. and Hercules on the other side, and like Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, there's isn't doesn't quite pop. But the design much. is good. It's, yeah, it, it's very, it's really strong. Like, it's like really good like silhouettes and colors, but it's not rich the yeah. way the other yeah, films yeah. are. You True. know, but I find that about it. I find Milan. I have the same issues with Milan. I don't find Milan to be visually super rich. Mm. Um, I mean, you put any movie under the sea and it's going to be <laughs> beautiful yeah. looking. But, think, but, but with Aladdin's thing, though, when you take that color palette thing and put it into a computer game you can translate it almost perfectly oh yeah so because yeah. aladdin on the mega drive is like the best looking 16-bit game see probably. i was i was a snares aladdin were you yeah that, apparently that version's worse see this is the thing yeah i i i'd play both i owned i don't know if i owned it but i, mm. uh, I think we used to rent oh yeah that was Nintendo. a that was a regular rent yeah do you know what's mad about the both of those games like 45 minute playtime for the whole oh yeah like I remember because I was a kid. I'll tell you the horrors of realizing how short games are now, and yeah. then being like, "That was weeks in my life." Uh, <laughs> and we needed a level sheet for Aladdin as well, so it was even shorter. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't know if it was the same in in um, in the mega. I mean, there there was two different companies completely. Mm. It was Virgin did one, and Capcom did Capcom did the SNES one. Virgin yeah. did. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up with with the with the SNES one, mm. and there's elements of the SNES one um, that are very like Super Mario Brothers two. Which again, for oh, me, uh, for me was like a, another kind of cultural touch. Touch. Oh, that was a huge game for me. I, that was the first Mario game I played. I played that much more than one or three. Really? That's another yeah, yeah. crazy kind That's of. That's a mad story behind that as well. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a different game that was recently. Completely different game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's and why it's why it's so tonally and physically. Um, sorry, this is my university challenge special topic. <laughs> <laughs> the it's so fucking incongruous to the rest of the Mario yeah. uh, canon at all all of the movement all, everything is wrong and they had to be like it was a fucking dream all it's Mario's dream experience because it was a reskin of this it was Doki a reskin of a panic game yeah, yeah. yeah which was just it was just brought out for like a um, a trade fair the game was made for a trade fair um, but one of the elements of Mario um, 2 is that they tried to to put as much vertical scrolling as possible. There was more vert, which wasn't really done before. And there's now there's there's two levels in in the Aladdin game that are like that, where it's it's kind of it's vertical ver- climb. Yeah, vertical mm-hmm. climb. or drop. Uh, climb. It's mm-hmm. when you're when you're in the when you meet the genie for the first time, you go into the clouds, and mm-hmm. it's all very vertical. But the other thing that I, uh, that reminded me of Mario Two is there's uh, at the end of every level, if you if you capture the amulet, you get uh, a slot machine. Which is the same as, as Mario 2. There was yeah, a slot machine at the end at the of the very end of every level. level. You didn't really get much except one-ups, really, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like te- teaching children gambling for... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I uh, Yeah, Mario 2 gives me a, that a strange feeling as well. One of those things. I didn't have... Um, there was a, a, a Disney game that I played on CD-ROM, but I think it must have been Hercules. 
not Aladdin. I didn't play Aladdin on my SNES. I don't think mm-hmm. there would have been a CD-ROM version because no, I'm thinking Hercules. Early. Yeah, I'm thinking of Hercules then. Um, there's a couple of other elements from the the Aladdin game that that kind of borrow from other games. Oh, like yeah. the to get a full health, you you have to eat you eat a chicken. Which uh, I don't know if you remember that was Streets of Rage. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That was how you. Um, what has, oh yeah, there's there's a level in the in the Super Nintendo version where it has nothing to do with the movie at all. At all and uh, Abu falls off the carpet as it's flying over a, a pyramid, and you have to go into the pyramid to find Abu, mm. and it's just Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Mega Drive version is like a like straight ahead um, Disney platformer, but it looks gorgeous and he runs really well. And like the levels are all just just about achievable. Like the guard animations, the guards yeah. have like the yeah, the animation is and actually the the guy who did who designed the SNES game said that said that, that yeah he said I I would have bought the other one if it was <laughs> if I hadn't made this one yeah but all those Mega Drive Disney games were all beautiful like the Lion King as well was great Jungle Book. They're all like ninety four between like ninety three and ninety six. The only thing I remember yeah. about the Lion King is at the very start, the uh, Billy Crystal's character goes, "It starts." <laughs> that's all. That's I remember very little about the actual game. Just just like one of those little bits where that probably took up like ninety five percent of the character's <laughs> ROM, <laughs> oh, the ROM uh, memory from where, the sound file alone. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. It starts. <laughs> um, oh, what else was there about the game? The game. There's a level in the middle of this, uh, the whole new world level in the middle of the game of the SNES version where there are no bad guys. And it's just you're going around and you're collecting jewels and all that. And uh, it's quite refreshing to have a bit in the middle of the game where like there's no, <laughs> there's nothing bad happening. Yeah. Just like a little breather. It's so it's not unusual a for a 90s game. Yeah. 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 A structural tea break. They, yeah. do that. they do that I, I mean, think there's a couple of weird games where the only time I've ever played one of those is like in Earthbound there's a tea break that you have and that was mm. early on. But I think like changing the pacing is nice. Earthworm Jim Two does that brilliantly. Oh yeah, the level where you're a blind cave salamander, and it's space you have to keep yourself floating. And you're navigating through someone's intestine, and if you touch the villa at the side, you lose energy. But you're just kind of just keeping yourself it. floating through this maze, and then at the end you land, and then you're in a quiz about what's happening in the game so far in a game show. No uh, way. Earthworm Jim Two was the, God, the best Earth game. That, I, yeah. I am nervously awaiting when they dis- they re- they realize that they can make millennial cash off of Earthworm oh, Jim. No. See, the, I am the really guy, nervous. The guy is super problematic. The main guy. No, oh, really? Oh, yeah, really? He's, not surprising. Oh, is that like the Ren and Stimpy guy? Uh, kind like of, the fourteen-year-old well, girlfriend. No, this is like the, the anti. Yeah, I think anti-Semitism, possibly oh, racism, oh, fuck, kind fuck. of stuff. Yeah. God, so they been. they brought it out for iOS and stuff, but everybody was kind of like. No, we, we don't feel done. we don't feel yeah. good about it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no, that there, there's every 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 day school day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Ren and Stimpy guy had like a teenage girlfriend, Jerry Seinfeld. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. famously yeah, yeah. Like, like front page of magazines, and no one at the time was like, he's picking her up from high school. Is that weird? <laughs> he's in his forties. Yeah, should we should we look into that? They didn't have and, the but, word but like these dude bros back. Yo, whatever. It's 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 legal. It's like, yeah. Mm. Is that is that like enough? Though? Enough. Like, no, is that our our, our line? Our, yeah, is that it? is that all it has to be? Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's lots of things that are not illegal. You probably shouldn't do. I'm already on the edge with with um, uh, Scott Pilgrim having a, a, a 17 year old girlfriend. That yeah, that and he's meant to be 23. Jerry Seinfeld is a real human being and was in his 40s. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is dating a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Uh, What's the deal oh with these exes? Fucking hell! No, no! <laughs> we did a whole Scott Pilgrim episode and managed to not really get into into the pro- capital P problematic. Uh, well, we said he was a dick. So. He is. We all yeah. Yeah. He is Scott. a dick. He's Scott's the bad guy. Like yeah. that's it. Scott's the bad guy. That's the takeaway. Like if you read Scott Pilgrim and you don't think that Scott Pilgrim's a bad guy, you're fucking. You're the bad guy. Turn yeah. it around. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> lots of there's lots of films and lots of barometers I have like that where it's just mm. like five hundred days summer read it again like look at it again that movie Take again. I hate that movie I, I saw it hate I saw it alone after a breakup when I was in college using a 20 euro note that I found wrapped in a receipt for a bunch of roses in Temple Bar I was having an experience that I went and I saw alone and wept throughout um, I uh, will grim. never watch it again <laughs> seen it once never seen it again 500 Days is a very uh, misunderstood film yeah that's it because people yeah. you read it the wrong way right? yeah. like, he's, the, he's the villain of the film Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt yeah, is the villain yeah he's a bad guy yeah yeah he's and, the asshole and that is, people don't realise it's intentional they think they're scoring a, like a woke 
yeah. Tumblr point by pointing it out. It's like, no, that's the film. That's, that's how the, the film is about. Kind of like Romeo and Judas. The point is they're idiot teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> of course they died. They're fucking stupid. One of them is a yeah. gangster. Like, they're <laughs> idiot gangster children. Stop. <laughs> but what, um, do you think, how many people do you think that were involved with that movie understood that? I think the director did. I think the writer kind of did. I remember hearing a podcast with him at the time. And I feel like he did it intentionally, but also he's about weird about women as well. Mm. Right. He kind of was able to straddle the boat lines of it, I think. Mm, clever. Yeah. Well, whilst we're on weird about women, can we yeah. talk about Jasmine for a little bit? Let's do it. Snakey, okay. snakey waist Jasmine. Yeah. Jasmine, whose uh, waist, waist is one and a half times the uh, the width of her eyes. I mean, same. So like, don't body shame me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched an interview with uh, Jasmine's animator Whoa. and that dude is a turbo creep. Oh no. Oh my God, what a creep that guy is. So yeah. he, his, um, I'd read about him years ago because he, he also, he was lead animator on basically all of the, all of the princess characters throughout the 90s. <laughs> That's why they all look, they've all mm. got the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I, the first time I kind of become aware of him was a few years ago when I was reading up on, on The Little Mermaid. I'd, I'd heard, I'd read uh, a story about how he had become obsessed with Ariel when he was when he was um, animating her and how he wouldn't let anyone else animate her throughout the whole movie. He was like the lead animator throughout. Wow. Mm. And uh, apparently he animated like 90% of, of her scenes. So um, he animated her uh, entirely, pretty much. And then um, I watched an interview. He also did uh, Mulan and... It, um, uh, I think he did Belle. Yeah, he did. Mm. Yeah, he definitely did Belle. Uh, and he did Jasmine. And um, in this interview, he's talking about uh, who he was trying to base the the, the, the the character of Jasmine on. And uh, they went through all these different actresses and he tried different versions of it. And then he happened upon a picture of his sister. And he, like, comes across as if he fancies the shit out of his sister when he's talking about Jasmine. And he's like, she's such a beautiful character. And, and every now and then he'll just mention, you know, it's based on my sister. And it's like, and he's got like proper kind of weird, weird vibes. Yeah. And how my sister vibe. feels. Uh, she's like, I can't believe he's doing this fucking interview again. again. Oh my God. Again. Yeah, because in the early, the, the Disney's treatment of female bodies is a whole, a whole thesis. Yeah. Mm. But there are some very beautiful archive pieces of footage of the women who Snow White were Oh my God, on. those videos are beautiful. And yeah. uh, Tinkerbell, who is, you know, famously impossibly proportioned. Yeah. Um, she is tiny, but she's, <laughs> you know, if, 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 if They had to were, find the smallest woman. <laughs> smaller than a can of Coke. Um, but there's some beautiful pieces of footage of her looking through a giant keyhole and like really... Um, interesting studies of the body right and like you know snow white's body is completely different to uh, the bodies that we see later on and obviously jasmine falls as a character falls very squarely into the framework of a particular kind of um exoticism and uh, orientalism and like there's that sequence towards the end where jafar has her in chains and, and he, like, he says here, pussy cat, it's and it's so like gross. that is the creepiest moment in a kids' movie. I know they let I, they let it all slide in, you know. There's also like throughout the movie, there's there's prostitutes, there's yeah. um, like the the girls that sing in the background of Prince Ali, and and mm-hmm. also in uh, uh, one one jump ahead. Um, Are they? They're kind of like a an, a. Uh, uh, Orientalism kind of warped through the racist lens um, of the three girls in Beauty and the Beast, aren't they? Yeah, kind of. The probably are based off those. Yeah, uh, it got in a lot of trouble. It did. It got in loads of loads trouble. Of and trouble. because because yeah. all of the safe characters have Western features of mm. are mainly Westernized, and then all of the evil creatures are, um, you know, uh, kind of yeah have more. The phrase Middle I Eastern. saw was like heavy featured thick browed yeah. was the complaint. Yeah. For, yeah. And, and they have accents hair. and the main They also had to change the line from yeah. from the opening song. So mm. the opening song had a line where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. Yeah. Whoa. And um, the Arab League of America uh, was like, hey, 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 that's racist. That is totally <laughs> racist. Like, yeah, our bad. You know, down to the hair, the three gals um, who are the, the uh, who are called uh, the harem girls uh, are the three the, the three headed pastoral Cerberus of Beauty and the Beast right the three blonde girls um, so it's it's a, it's another sort of Disney thumbprint but again run through this tremendously weird racist lens yeah I do the, like the bits like, they sing though they sing beautiful <laughs> moments, but it's all the weird visual presentation stuff like it's um, oh, of course yeah again the, the, the more you know um, but I can only imagine what it must have been like being a kid from like mm. 
an Arabic background in the States or like an yeah, immigrant yeah. kid watching that growing up when we were kind of as cheerful, wide-eyed Irish children going, cool, Arabian Nights, there's something that gets soured when you realize that there's other kids watching that who are our age who probably felt differently. Mm. Or maybe they didn't feel differently, but they internalized that oh, racism. Yeah. That's that's the more likely outcome because kids, like kids of, of, of any background aren't really going to understand or appreciate the, the subtleties of the nuances of, that's of more that internalized, kind of, yeah. they just internalize that and they end up hating that aspect of, of their culture, which I think is more likely. Sucks. And, the cul- and, there's, and there, there's a sort of, again, a wash of different cultures in Aladdin as well. Like you can't really, and that was why there was all that um, stuff written about the remake where it's like, so which, where is this, where is Agrabah exactly? Mm. So what culture are you specifically pulling from here? Or is it just kind of a little well, it was, bit of a mix? Well, it was meant bag? to be in Baghdad. Yeah. yeah. That ah, was, so right. it was, it was kind of based on uh, a 1960s movie uh, called The Thief and the... The Thief of Baghdad. The Thief of Baghdad. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. it. Um, but they, they wanted to change, they, they just wanted to change it to a, a fictionalized town like apocalyptic rewrite six months beforehand I think it was it was Baghdad up oh was it Baghdad up yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they also uh, during that rewrite before the rewrite Aladdin was only meant to be 13 and he was oh. he was based on Michael J. Fox he had a mother as well he had a mother and uh, <laughs> Jeffrey okay, Katzenberg famously <laughs> yeah uh, Katzenberg famously came in and was like uh, get rid of the mother she's a loser <laughs> and that was it they yeah. had to like no heroes have mothers. And like. they decided to make him look more like Tom Cruise. So yeah. they Tom Cruiseified him, and Calvin Klein models apparently were the new models for a lot. Whereas initially he was. He got a bit of the old snake waste treatment himself. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, he's he's meant to be like 16, is it? I think 18 the moves him. He's, he's 18, yeah, and yeah. she's 16. Is she? Because yeah. it's meant to be her 17th birthday that she has to be married. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. She does have a pet lion, though. No, sorry, pet, pet tiger, which mm. is great. Like, the pet tiger is great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, definitely all the girls on my road wanted pet tigers. Yeah. Like, it does do a, a good line in, or uh, L-I-N-E, a good line in, like, <laughs> in Animal Companions. Yeah. Such a goofy line. Iago, Abu, and Iago's Raja. Great. Yeah, Iago, Abu, yeah. and Raja. Like, that's some pretty strong... Some good plush toys to fucking, sell. Yes. Yeah. Abu's basically a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little friendly Pokemon. Yago's a mean Pokemon. They're starter Pokemons. Oh my God, they're the Aladdin <laughs> starter Pokemons. You get a Raja and a Boo or a fucking Yago's a fire one, a Boo's the earth one and Raja's the uh, also a fire one. I don't know. Yago, so the, the, what, one of the things I find really interesting as well, like Genie's very clearly just uh, just Robin Williams. Yeah. Yago is also just very clearly Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, he that wasn't meant, to, again, before the rewrite, he, his character was more like... Um, Rowan Atkinson's character in The Lion King which is yeah. like stuffy oh, yeah. uh, uh, and they actually have a similar just, face they have the same kind of eye but, well they're both birds Sarah <laughs> they both have, Sorry, the, they both have these kind of beak things they have like wings <laughs> and uh, some kind of pl- I guess you call it a plumage I don't know <laughs> I just need to be put in the bin sorry <laughs> don't even know what I'm saying but uh, yes they're both birds mm-hmm. they're this both birds true. yeah yeah uh, I think I, I think Gilbert Garfield's brilliant in it yeah. Yeah. he's like a breath of fresh air. Um, have you ever seen him? Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but uh, you know that movie, The Aristocrats? Uh, I haven't seen Cats him actually. Cats or Crats? Yeah. Crats. This is a movie no. about a secret joke. It's a joke, that, yeah. That, um, but the the climax of that whole movie is Gilbert Gottfried, like a week after 9-11 happening, telling this joke in public, like at, at some kind of big um, uh, fundraiser for, for 9-11, uh, surrounded by other comedians. And he's like, well, this is my moment. I'm going to do it. And he tells, like, the whole point of the joke was that they are never meant to tell it in public. It was meant to be like a secret joke that comedians Means told each other. Told each other. And uh, he decides to tell it. And he tells, obviously, the most grotesque, horrible version of it ever. And the comedians around them, around him are just, like, rolling off the seats laughing. They can't believe that he's actually broken the code. And he's, and he's chosen this time to do it. I feel like I've only heard about the aristocrats as, as something that really exists in the real world. And I didn't know that it was a film. Oh, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a documentary. It's a documentary, yeah, of all the comedians telling their version of it. They have like Sarah Silverman and what's well, that? It's, it's from like uh, two thousand one. Basically, anyone who's been on a Comedy Central roast, <laughs> celebrity yeah. roast, it's just all of those people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, so we've gotten away from Aladdin a bit. <laughs> well, Gilbert Gottfried is his own. He's, it, yeah, he is he's, just purely himself. Is and he in other Disney films as well? Because he kind of has one of those voices. Maybe it's I think a they've thing. used, like, taken people based and just kind of stolen his voice for other stuff. Right. Yeah. He's, a, ver- think, he's, an, he's a character. Because it's definitely a type. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, 
you know, there were, there were, I mean, there was Sebastian in, in uh, The Little Mermaid. Did Belle have a, an animal sidekick? Well, she had she a, had a candlestick and a clock. Yeah, the, the dog is there as well. Oh yeah, the dog doesn't talk. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, the dog is the pl- is the, the thing you put your feet on, like the puff. Yeah, they had too many talking things already. And yeah, yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything was inanimate. <laughs> yeah. So much merch, so much merch. Um, and who's the animal sidekick in fucking Hercule? Well, I suppose you've got there. There's always the dragon. More uh, Yeah, there's no the dragon. dragon that's Eddie Murphy. It's the um, sidekick of Griffin. the nineties. Not Griffin. Horse, flying horse, Pegasus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. That's a movie I'm that. not that familiar with. I think I was just. A, uh, I mean, I've, I've watched it, but I wouldn't be super familiar with it. Yeah, because we're basically the same age. So we were a little bit that in between age for watching Disney cartoons when it came out. Anymore. But when mm. I watched it for this a couple I'm weeks ago, I love her. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I was too busy learning how to play Oasis songs on the guitar. Yeah. So I, I feel like we just had the same childhood. <laughs> <completely. know>, yeah. <laughs> Grew up, 1995 happened, like started learning guitar to Oasis, then realized Oasis were very uncool, then radio had happened, and then yeah. it was just. Yeah. All That's the it. Disney fell away forever. But here you are. We're back. <laughs> here we are. But yeah. yet, here you are in 2019. Um. It's got some, uh, the, the script has got some pretty good burns throughout Aladdin. Mm. Um, and it's also like something else I noticed when, when rewatching it, like the start of it's super dark. They send in the, the, the thief who had, I love that. Um, oh, to die in the middle of the to, tiger's to belly. Yeah. So the tiger comes up and is like, who deserves my slumber? And he goes, it is it is me, uh, a, a, a Azim, a humble thief. And I just love the idea of being like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I work in a, I work in a bank. You? I'm a humble thief. <laughs> but he dies. He dies really yeah. soon. Uh, we've got homeless children. We've got prostitution. We've got arranged marriage. Mm. This is all in the first 10 minutes. And like the ca- the hilarious caper of, of Aladdin swinging through the town and being like one jump ahead, fuck y'all, is actually like no, they're gonna do a murder on you if they catch you. Yeah, and Jasmine food. nearly gets her hand cut off. Yeah. Oh, no, there's this bit where he's where he's running away with the bread and like the the guard goes for like a kill swing. Mm. Like he's he's going to chop that dude in half for like mm. a loaf of bread. It's like yeah, that, that's a little much. Mm. Um, but the. I, I I took down a couple of my favorite um, burns, which were uh, let's see if I have them here. Uh, the the horse with two rear ends, I like that one. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, the 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 pompous prince looks back and goes, "When you die, only your fle- only your fleas will mourn you." Oh, <laughs> that's harsh. That's yeah. Sick. <laughs> um, there's a self burn that uh, uh, um, the sultan, who I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, says, which is, uh, her mother wasn't nearly so picky, which I think is like, that's such a good line. I had a McDonald's <laughs> toy of the Sultan that was one of those heavy, um, it was like a ball, but it was, well, it wasn't, it was like Sultan shaped, but he had a completely round base that was weighted with a magnet so you couldn't knock him over. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my I God. I had all the Aladdin McDonald's toys um, and uh, that one was just impossible man i don't know why it was one of those bits in your house that just was always present he was like this like fucking evil eye in my gas oh i think everybody know? has like one mcdonald's toy that managed to stay true their entire childhood and Caroline has um muppet babies ones that she Whoa. still has from like the 80s wow nice. yeah but that was before there was mcdonald's and waterford so her parents had to drive her down every week when the new toy <laughs> came out to cork oh my God, no to way. get the new muppet baby that owns, yeah that is so cool I, yeah. I had loads and my dad used to pick them up at the way home from work he would just go in and grab me one because he would get them for like a pound or mm-hmm. 50p well, probably 50p back then so I just have I am certain my mother has them all in the attic I am certain if you're listening man I'm coming <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking coming <laughs> they're mine <laughs> uh, but that that Sultan one was so peculiar and he sort of plays like a neutered King Trident type. Like he's one of the the living, the rare living parents of the Disney canon, right? Like the Disney alphas, like Belle's, Belle's dad. Um, although the character model probably isn't that different from Murray's, to be character honest. Character model just looks like Michael McDonald. <laughs> but like the, but they're probably not that different. Like the white beard and the sort of soft Santa face. Oh yeah, there's like you're either Triton and Poseidon or Triton and Zeus. Zeus. Or your you're bell, either daddy bells, or your dad. Bell's dad and Sultan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or dad. Uh, you're neither. He's like. a fucking moron. That's what I wanted to talk about, basically. Like, every single... Uh, the whole way along, he is an absolute idiot. And, um... First of all, like, why is he having the conversation with her about you have to be married in three days or else... You know, it's like... Mm. 
Is that not a conversation you should have had before then? Yeah, and like he, at the end, he I know the exposition. I get yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the, the reality the mechanics of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. The fabric of his clothing always looks so nice. I'm actually just looking at the picture of it because I was like, was he coated as white or what? But he, um, I feel like I remember so something I remember really particularly is the animation of the fabric on all of their costumes. And there's a lovely picture here of um, like a screen cap of uh, Aladdin and the Sultan wearing those lovely big white soft hats and mm. white cloaks. Mm. They looked great soft. There's an, a bit of animation in the game, the very end of the SNES game, where it's that final scene where they're they're on the balcony and he's like, well, am I the Sultan or am I the Sultan? It's like, could you not have changed the law at the start of this movie? <laughs> but um, You could have avoid anim- all of this. It's very obviously just a sprite that they've moved out like really poorly and it looks like Mr. Blobby coming out to tell us. Just wobbling out into the world. Uh, but I mean so Jafar is his grand vizier his most trusted advisor who walks around with a staff of a snake's head <laughs> and it's like it's like the 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 Michelin web look thing you know are we the baddies yeah it's like, <laughs> uh, do you think maybe he's the bad guy mm. every single decision the whole way through the movie is he makes the wrong decision he like mm. and again it's it's the storytelling it's it's we need we need this to happen but um what if the god in the machine was an idiot, basically? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he has, like, his little model of the town with the sun and the moon. Yeah. And he gets totally, like, Jafar's magic works until he hears a song he likes and then rushes out to watch Prince Ali. Yeah. Like, that's all it takes to break the spell is to him to hear a banger. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. I just need to have more Same music though, around. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That speaks to me on a very profound level. Yeah, they, yeah. they used uh, the... Wizard of Oz as a reference point for the Sultan because it was meant to be this bumbling kind of idiot who was behind it all, behind the curtain, exactly. Um, I still think that's one of the greatest lines of dialogue in history of of any movie is pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Mm. I think it's brilliant. It's such a brilliant line. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Fucking hell. That's a really good way of looking at it, I suppose, like a more sophisticated kind of storytelling. Like, and it's that is the odd part of growing up and the odd part of kind of becoming a person who works and they tell stories for a living, like, is that you do realise that there is a technical reason that the Sultan is that way and there is, mm. like, yes, he could have made the call immediately, but there has to have been a reason why. I, I, like, yeah, there, there, like, yeah. like totally. oh, like, that's a, that, as a, as a novelist, that gets to me where I'm just like, but how do we, how do you, what oh, order, yeah, it's, in what order was that written, you know? But, but then you hear about how it was written yeah, and the rewrites yeah. and everything, and you, you have to give it some slack, because it's still, oh, yeah, at definitely. the end of it, it's a wonderful p- piece of, mm. of work. Like, it's it's super troublesome. There's totally issues with it, but yeah. but it's an amazing, it's, altogether. It's easy. It's, oh, easy. it's that thing where, like, the, if he made the right decision, it wouldn't be a story. Same way, remember, people used to about, about Juno mm. where she was like well, I've just never getting, seen that movie actually they were like when did you just get an abortion and I was like because Juno's a story about the girls who didn't get the abortion yeah yeah. that's another story this is yeah, the one yeah. about these things that happened you know this is one yeah. particular way of looking at yeah. it yeah yeah but then it is but it is also fun to like yell at characters oh yeah and be like come on yeah. like, <laughs> not Juno Juno can do whatever she wants Juno's great but the Sultan <laughs> like, oh characters it. people in my car <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know what I love? I love how they underplay Jasmine figuring out that he's Aladdin when he's Prince Ali. There's no like big eye widening moment. There's just a, a load of little. Her things. eyes can't get any wider. Exactly. They're already they're <laughs> already mass widening. The poor girl's There's face. just loads of little callbacks that you're not. There's no. Mm. You don't register that she's registered them until she says, "Where's Abu?" Yeah. But you really like the apple toss and uh, mm. trust me and. I think the trust me is the like trust the, me. The, they that's do the, that one, but the apple toss is like the final thing, yeah. and there's no indication there she's realised it. But she has. It's a really nice underplayed thing, especially for a kids' film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, yeah. That's uh, like I don't know what I was going to say there. Sorry. <laughs> right. um, I th- I like her character. I like that that it was kind of there was a, she wasn't just there to serve a purpose. Like she had she had some actual she had brains. Mm. She was a good character in that regard. She had something she wanted that was outside of. Like she wanted something. Exactly. She didn't just serve the purpose to be like arm candy for the hero. Of, no. Of no, the fact that she wants agency is kind of the driving thing behind. Yeah. Her willfulness. Yeah, yeah. Is, is and, and also, I don't think that the entire movie is based around the relationship, which a lot of a lot of those movies are the relationship of the hero and his girl. Mm. I mean, there's there's a huge like one of the arcs is the relationship between Aladdin and the genie, and that mm. that has like a beginning of Act Three dip as well mm. when um, when they fall out because Aladdin is like I can't set you free yet, and then they they stop talking to each other. And um, it's again, that's kind of interesting to to see that it's not just focused on this one relationship, but there's a B B story as well. Mm. Uh, 
so yeah, there's totally elements of it that are that are still incredible now, and I, I really and that kind of conversation about power, I guess, is really interesting as well because he does refuse to set him free. Like he is kind of loving it a bit at the, towards mm. the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that makes a huge catharsis of the freedom at the end. Like that is still really moving when he sets him free. Yeah. Mm. Like it's still really beautiful that he. It is. Yeah. He sends him off into the world. It's great voice know? acting as well. Like, where yeah. yeah, like really, really wonderful. Oh, the way Robin Williams says Al affectionately is. Yeah just perfect yeah it's so lovely every time that's why i think for me that's the more important uh relationship, relationship yeah. than rather than because you kind of because it's a disney movie you just expect that to happen you know that's yeah they, they, of course they're gonna get together or the genie becomes suddenly fine with the idea of hanging out with these cool people do you know what i mean mm. it's like no no he he has to set him free like yeah. you know that's part of the bargain but there is a there is a different version of that where Oh, it's fine. I like you guys. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a different way of telling that, but there is something that I think still remains powerful about the like. Okay, thank you. Peace out. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you don't. Th- and that um, mythological character of the genie isn't something that you really come across. Like Disney is good with monsters and mythological characters. I guess even especially with Frozen and things like that. They they talk about. They look at different myth- mythological beasts from different cultures. Whereas the genie as a potent. So that was the ice queen, was it? Huh? The ice queen? Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's, and, but they're the trolls thing, as well. It? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. from, it's that kind of uh, general Norwegian-ish, uh, Netherlands-ish end of the world. I think the next one has trolls, proper big ones in it. And like, again, there's a, there's a wash and a, and, a, and a blur on the cultural stuff with Aladdin, but the, the genie thing is really, really interesting and not something that you really see in stories that like someone has directly the capacity to grant you whatever you want but there's a cost there's there's a line in prince ali which i think is really interesting to me that kind of ties into that a little bit which is and it's funny because they say the line and then they spend the next line and a half like trying to okay the line before it which is he's got um he's got something he's got servant he's got slaves he's got servants and flunkies yeah. Right. And then the next line is like they love to work for they love to work with him. They're just lousy with loyalty. It, it's like it, it kind yeah. of touches on the idea that he's meant to be this powerful guy who has slaves on, working under him. But it's OK. They love working with him. He's They're so lousy right. with loyalty. They, they could be working with someone much worse. Everyone has slaves. But they now. still use the word slaves. Why yeah. would they use the word mm. like they could have put any other line in there. It's, it just seems like such a weird line to put in there. And no. But here's the other thing. Nobody would have pulled them up on it back then do you know yeah. what I mean it happened so quickly yeah you know yeah, yeah. and so uh, yeah and, and the whole film is about servitude like the whole film is about being in indentured servitude in, in some capacity like the genie is in servitude Jasmine is in yeah, some regard absolutely. like it's all about power structures I suppose kind of when you think about it even, like, even Jafar like feels yeah. he's like in servitude to the Sultan the whole time and, and his main goal is to get out of that yeah he's, to- he's overqualified yeah. You know, and technically, yeah, and he's he is because he's, he's not a fucking moron. Yeah, like the yeah. Is. That I can I can empathize with his frustration. However, <laughs> however, he's a rapey. Prick. I feel that you should. Yeah, I feel like that he should probably not do that to poor Jasmine. Do you know? Mm. And again, that that intense queer coding clashes really hard with his sexual treatment of. I don't think queer coding Jasmine, has to do with the actual like, like all of none of these queer coded villains in Disney are ever like. Um, the villain in Hunchback Notre Dame is kind of queer coded, but he's, he's a priest. The priest, but he's he's very clearly like struggling with struggling yeah, with sexuality yeah. for a woman. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I don't think any of them are, are meant to be actually fully, yeah, yeah. fully gay. It's for, it's, it's although, more to do with yeah. just the actual the other elements of queerness. queer culture. Yeah, yeah. And, for most of the film, though, Jafar doesn't really seem interested in her as a sexual thing, more just no. as, as a power object than a sexual object. And then, yeah. and then obviously, it's more about what she can do for him rather than any actual attraction to her. But then yeah. that's that's more in line yeah. with what what actual like. What, what rape is it's mm. not it's not about sex it's about the power over mm. someone and that's why that scene is real weird again in it's a kid's really movie gross. yeah yeah I do rem- I, and I remember seeing it as a kid and feeling not nice as a yeah. ver- like mm. as a little kid and being like I don't fucking like that yeah and that v- stands out I watched a lot of scary films when I was a kid I liked I watched a lot of grown up films as a kid I watched fucking cabaret over and over and over again in my grandma's house and was never yeah, like mm. you know, yeah. creeped out by it, and there's some there, like the very, very rare little shards of pop culture that stick out to me a mile as things. I was like, oh no, don't like that. Yeah, and I do remember so clearly what you're talking about towards the end uh, yeah. with with uh, with Jasmine. It's good news in your face. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking. Oh my god. Yeah, Jesus, it's gross. So yeah, he's super uh, rapey and awful. The good news is that canonically he dies. Yay. Because in the Hercules TV show. 
uh, he this is new to me Hades meets uh, Jafar when Jafar is in the land of the dead in like the pool right and they team up to take on each other neither of them believes that like so like Jafar's like Her- I could take Hercules and Hades like I could take Aladdin so they switch antagonists and try to take out no way. each other's person they both fail obviously but Jafar is canonically in the land of the dead as a dead person after Jafar returns I presume yeah I presume yeah yeah, yeah. which I haven't seen the sequels actually I think uh, I have but Jafar, I had that on, on video yeah. I can tell you nothing about it yeah. <laughs> other than like the voice of Homer is, yeah. is does the genie but then Robin Williams came back for the third mm. direct to video post apology yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah. Um, which is the Prince of Thieves is yeah. it or, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh not the Prince of Thieves, but uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something of Thieves. Maybe it is Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, do we have anything else to say? If, I don't know. I think I think I think we've touched on everything there. <laughs> it's the King of Thieves. King hey. of Thieves. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Because I was like, yeah, the other thing is, he's like, is that a Prince of Persia game? Like, yeah. I feel like that might have. <laughs> That's been Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. No, I think I think that's. I think that's it. There we go. It's the top and tail. Of yeah. Aladdin. Burr, what, do you have anything to promote? Where can we follow you? Where can we find you? Um, right, now, well, right now, I'm working on a show in the O'Reilly Theatre uh, called Mom, and it's a collaboration between a German-based uh, orchestra and uh, traditional musician Cormac Begley and a dance company called Taktausa. So that we're running that until the 5th of October. Um that's a beautiful show. It's kind of finding common ground between European art music and traditional Irish music and contemporary dance. Um, and they created it all together down in Dingle over the last few months. Gorgeous. Really beautiful. And uh, after that, I am on tour with the Divine Comedy for the next few months. So check out wherever they're playing. I know in Dublin that they're playing in the Board Gosh Energy, Energy Theatre on the 6th of October, which is the day after I finish the show <laughs> in the O'Reilly Theatre. Uh, and we're in Cork on the 8th of October in the Upper House. And then we just keep going for the next couple of months. Cool. So, Sarah, where can we find you? What do you got? Oh, I'm at Griffsky on Twitter. My most recent novel is Other Words for Smoke, which can be found in all good bookshops, I guess, here oh, yeah. in the UK and in the US. Alan, what about you? Uh, I'm Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. And that's all I do. Um, <laughs> you can follow Juvenalia on Instagram and Twitter at Juvenalia underscore pod or Juvenalia pod, depending on the app. And we have a Patreon as well. Yeah, so you should subscribe to it. We have a new episode coming very soon. Yeah, it's going to be Sega versus Nintendo. Yeah. So Aladdin will probably come and up probably again. And probably very heavy <laughs> this <laughs> game conversation also. I should probably put up my, uh, uh, tell people my Twitter handle. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. That's where, uh, that's where Juvenilia kind of swarms, I guess. Uh, it's Berkwin, B-E-R-K-W-I-N. Um, but it's mostly retweets of politics. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to Team McDonald for our artwork. Thanks, thank you Dee. to Cassie for producing us. Uh, listen to other Tall Tales podcasts like mm-hmm. The Creep Dive and Mother of Pod and Private Education and the other ones. Yeah. We, we'll switch them up. We'll win to the other ones next time. We're so happy to be here. Thank you, Cassie. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.